Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for um, this time that I get to have with um, every woman here. I thank you that you have um, ordained such a time as this, Lord. It has been in your sovereign plan from beginning of time. You have allowed every single woman here to be able to listen and to receive the truth that's going to be shared with tonight. I pray, Father God, that you would just allow your presence to be known in this place, that you would allow our hearts, the eyes of our hearts to be open, Lord, to seeing you, hearing you. I pray, Lord, that you would just um, be um, just working on every single one of our hearts tonight, Lord. I pray those that, um, that, that you know and know you, that, that, that call on the name of Jesus Christ and know, them, know him as their Lord and Savior, I pray that you would just encourage them tonight, that you would fill their cup tonight, that they would be able to, um, to be obedient to the Spirit this next week, Lord, that um, they would walk in a way that is glorifying to you, Lord, no matter how hard it might be, no matter how hard our flesh might try to get in the way, Lord, but that we would crucify that flesh and that we would walk um, in, a, in, a, in a manner worthy of our calling, and that is to be loving and kind and gentle and patient. I pray, Lord, that you just, um, man, equip my heart uh, just as much as my sisters here, Lord, to be able to walk in that, that way. Um, because it is only by you and your grace that we are able to live a life that is um, glorifying to you and, and um, worthy of uh, the Holy Spirit living and residing in us. And so we just pray, Lord, that tonight would just be um, praising and pleasing to you. And we thank you for all that you uh, do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, I've been asked by a few of you um, questions um, about baptism. Okay, and, and what exactly that means for the believer. So that's what we're going to be uh, sitting in tonight. Um, I know that the last, I want to say maybe month, there's been a, I want to say four, four six, five, five, six baptisms that, that have happened here, which is awesome. We're, we're excited about that. But um, I want us to be able to um, sit in uh, what, the, what the Bible says about baptism and, and why we baptize. And what exactly that means for the believer. Because that's the key word in all of this, is, is believer. And who is a believer? Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness. And one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. The believer is one who hears the gospel of Jesus Christ through the word of God and trusts in it. One who has repented of their sin and wickedness after being given divine revelation by God. A believer has professed that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Believers are surrendered to the authority of Christ and have put to death the old, and walk in the new. They are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17, one of my favorite. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. And see, the new has come. I have a desire to explain and show the significance of being in union with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. 
And by this, we understand that it is by faith and faith alone that you are saved and changed. Baptism is a visible symbol of God's saving work within a person. Baptism is the outward sign of belonging to the people of God, those who have repented and put their faith in Jesus Christ. You should only be baptized if you have repented of your sins and believed on Christ alone for salvation. Romans 6, 3 and 4. Paul is saying, Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness in life. So picture baptism. Okay, you're, I mean, we don't, maybe some of you guys have been baptized in a lake. I haven't. It was a baptismal. Okay, it's full of water. You go down in. And what's that visual representation? You're standing there, right? And then you go underneath the water. That is to significant, significant, uh, I'm sorry, signify uh, his death and his burial. Okay? And when you are brought back up, that is symbolizing new life, resurrection. Martin Luther says this, The sinner does not so much need to be washed as he needs to die. In order to be wholly renewed and made another creature and to be conformed to the death and resurrection of Christ, with whom he dies and rises again through baptism. So, Martin Luther is also saying that baptism is only a visible sign of God's saving work within a person. It is just a physical, visual representation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus' work and redemption of the heart, baptism means nothing and is an empty religious act. The work is in the heart. The heart is first caught in the hand of Almighty God, completely surrendered to his grace, his forgiveness, and his righteousness. Mark 1, 4 and 5. John, this is speaking about John the Baptist. John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John the Baptist's message was for people to repent. This is calling on the death of who you are. When we repent, we see the sin nature that is killing us and separating us from God and we want no more to do with it. Repentance is the prerequisite or uh, what is needed. So 
So repentance is the prerequisite for biblical baptism. Jesus also calls out the same message. Matthew 4, verses 12 through 17. When he, Jesus, heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, along the road by the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who live in darkness have seen a great light, and for those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus's repent, I'm sorry, Jesus's message on repentance is not about behavior change. And we said that I've said that so many times before. It is not about changing your behavior. It's not about doing the right thing or doing the better thing because that is religion and religion does not save you. Jesus' call to repentance is directly aimed at the heart. This inner change of the heart is what gives rise to new God-centered, Christ-exalting behavior. Luke 5 31 through 32. Jesus replied to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I've said that so many times before. In order for us to need a Savior, in order for us to need salvation, we need to be lost. We need to be full of sin. But that's already guaranteed because we are born into this world with a sin nature. There is nothing good in us. And so we qualify right off the bat that we need a Savior. But it isn't until the grace of God allows our hearts to see. I shared that last week that there's a veil there that, we, that only by God removing the veil, Jesus Christ moving, removing the veil, can we see our sin for what it is. And it's a complete separation from our Heavenly Father. And that's exactly why Jesus came to this earth. He came to save sinners. He came and proclaimed the gospel and the message of repentance. Repentance is a call for radical inward change towards God and man. You are given eyes to see the true condition of your heart and you are surrendered to the work of Christ. When repentance takes place, a true change of mind and heart takes place. Rather than sorrow over sin or improvement of behavior. Sorrow and improvement do not last. And I have said that so many times before. We can, we can look at our circumstances. We can understand that our choices, our actions brought us to this consequence. And we can mourn that consequence. That we can mourn our condition and where our sinful choices have brought us. That is not godly repentance. We 
excuse me, we can also go into this mode of, well, I got to do better. I have to do, um, I, can, I have to do something different. I have to improve. I have to change. I have to do this. I, I, I. We will not get very far. We will fall flat on our face over and over and over again. Those are not enough to cause your true self to change. Only Jesus and his work on the cross has that kind of power. And you must not lean on your own understanding in this because what has our own understanding brought us to? Nothing but death, nothing but destruction, nothing but the same cycle over and over and over again. But we must acknowledge and bow down to the work of Christ, understanding and surrendering to his cross and give our heart the same death burial and resurrection we are called to crucify our flesh we are called to die to our old nature we are called to uh, go and experience the death of christ and go through the burial and come back to new life the greek word for repent and i probably i'm definitely not saying this right um metaneo this two-part word refers to change to the mind and its thoughts, perceptions, dispositions, and purposes. So repentance is literally changing everything that your heart and mind focus on. It's changing your thoughts, it's changing your perceptions, it's changing your purpose. And this just doesn't happen with a one and done. Repentance is an experience that, hope, that happens over and over and over again with the walk of the believer. I just had to go through this myself today. I, I had to, I mean, the Lord was convicting my heart about something and I, uh, I had to repent of it to my husband. And it's not going to be the last time, you guys. Like, I, there, have been, there have been many of you in here where I've had to apologize to. I have had to humble myself. And I have had to admit, like, I check this out. I was wrong. I apologize. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No one is perfect. And so we are constantly going to be in this process of repentance. But it's a good thing to be in this. It's a good thing to be in repentance. Because we see this in the words of Jesus in Luke 8. He says, therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance. So we see that repentance is the work of what happens inside of us that leads to the fruit of new behavior. Repentance is not the new deeds, but is the inward change that bears the fruit of new deeds repentance is the work that god grants us in his kindness in his mercy in his grace he allows us to experience repentance and the fruit that comes from that is a changed life the fruit that comes from that is new deeds so jesus and john the baptist are demanding that we experience this inward change before being baptized and then we also see Peter make the same call in Acts 2.38. Peter replied, repent 
and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What happens first? Repentance and then baptism. So why is this necessary? Why does this inward change of repentance need to take place before being baptized? Because like I mentioned before, baptism is only the visual demonstration of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's outwardly displaying what has already happened inside of the believer. Baptism in of itself does not save you. Baptism by itself does not change you. Only the work of Jesus has the power to save you and then transform you. Colossians 2, 12 and 15. When you were buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and in the incircumcision of your flesh, he... He made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of debt debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. There is a manner of dying, of being buried, of rising, and of living in Christ, which must be displayed in each one of us if we are indeed members of the body of Christ. And baptism displays what has already taken place. Baptism is not some magic potion. Baptism is not some, uh, some act that's just going to make everything all better. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you have not repented of your sins and have accepted his atonement, his sacrifice, his completion in you, baptism does, meet, does nothing for you. Salvation is not just saying a prayer and getting baptized. God Calls your heart out before him. The holy, magnificent, almighty God who has no blemish or sin in him calls your name and offers your sinful, wicked, and rotting self to come into union with him. He offers to take all sin away from you and give you his holiness. This is only possible by the work of Jesus and what he did on the cross. No dunking in some water will do this for you. No repeating a prayer after me will do this for you. There must be a radical work done in your heart by the grace and power of God. When and only when this happens to the heart of someone, is it appropriate and biblical to be baptized? This is when you take that public declaration and you scream it to the world. 
I am saved. I am his. I no longer belong to the world. I no longer am uh, enslaved to my sin and to my old nature. That has completely been nailed to the cross. I have been buried with him and I have risen to new life by Jesus Christ. And that is why I am doing baptism. That is why I am telling everyone around me that, look, I am a new creation. The old has gone away. John Piper puts it this way. We are not talking about religious ritual here. We are not talking about church tradition here. We are mainly talking about Jesus Christ and his magnificent work of salvation and dying for our sins and rising for our justification. Talking about baptism means talking about how Jesus taught us to express our faith in him and his great salvation. So don't have small thoughts when thinking about baptism. Have large thoughts. Great thoughts about a great reality that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, crucified to bear the sins of millions and was raised to give them everlasting life in the new heavens and the new earth. That is why baptism, I'm sorry, that is why baptism is such a joyful occasion. That is why there is always such a celebration about those who have professed their faith in Jesus Christ and want to show those around them, like, now I'm going to take that next step and I'm going to show everyone around me that I am now his. That is joyful. That is something to be celebrated. But that is why it is also so important to understand the importance of repentance before baptism. Because if you do not have godly repentance, then you do not have salvation. And the work of Jesus does not reside in you. And your baptism means nothing. Change of heart happens only by the work of Jesus Christ and us surrendering and being obedient to that. Jesus does call us to make disciples. And really, like, man, like, when you give your heart to the Lord and you surrender and you realize that it's only by His saving grace that, that faith alone has, has allowed you to become one with the Father, holy and righteous, no more blemish, no more, no more sin, no more captivity or bondage. When you realize that, and it says to be baptized, that is your first step of obedience into listening to the word of God. That's what baptism means. That's what baptism allows our heart to rejoice in. So I encourage any of you, anyone, that if you have questions concerning your heart, 
or salvation or even baptism. Or you just you may be confused about some things or you would like clarification or you just want to share your heart with us. Cassie is here tonight. It's just Cassie and uh, Lorraine and I. Um, come talk to us, please. We will pray with you. Uh, and, and, you know, um, we'll, we'll answer any questions that you might have. But I just, I, my, my biggest um, heart cry for tonight is, is just sitting in the work of Jesus. And that it is the work of Jesus that transforms your heart. And even if you might give your life to Christ and you... you you, you, you have repented and you're walking in newness and you're, you're chasing after him and he's chasing after you and you're, you're, you're changing. But well, what happens if you don't get to bat- be baptized? That's okay. When the time comes and the opportunity arises, then say, all right, now's my time. But do not lean on baptism in order to give you some I just, I really, like, baptism is just a declaration. It is a visual demonstration of what's already happening in your heart. What's already being done in your heart. Jesus and his power is so much bigger than being dunked in water. That's, I mean, that is, you guys, like, I think that's just my biggest heart cry, that Jesus is more powerful than than needing to be dunked in some water and and having, allow your life to be a visual representation, allow your life, your talk, your walk to demonstrate the change that's already happened in you. Don't wait for a baptism to do that. Man, declare it with the way that you treat one another, the way that you pray for the person that might be getting on your nerves. That's how we can demonstrate the change that is already happening in us. We don't need some water to do that. But I'm also not taking away from the command of being baptized. Like I said, I just, the the only thing is when the opportunity arises again, I encourage every single one of you that may want to go into that water to do a heart check and say, do I believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth for me because I am full of sin and there is nothing I can do about it or gain salvation? And so I am sur- so are you surrendered before that? Are you proclaiming with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that you want to get rid of all of the nastiness that you've been holding on to for years? Do a heart check. Examine your heart and ask those hard questions. Do you believe? Do you have faith? Have you been given eyes to see? And if you have, and if you know that Jesus is Lord and you're, you want to surrender your all to him, then yes, yes, yes. Get in that water and show those around you that you are saved and you are his and that you belong to the people of God now. But if not, and if you cannot say, you know what? Uh, I think I'm good. I don't, I, I don't need Jesus. I don't need to change my life. I, I don't, I'm, 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 then you better not get in that water because you're giving yourself a false hope.
like I said, if there is anyone in here who has questions or, or you know, just wants to speak or what, what not about baptism, we are, we are all available. Uh, Melissa's here as well. And so if you, um, if you guys just, you know, uh, yeah, it's a little short of a service tonight, but um, the Lord knew what he was doing. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you are such a good God. Like, I just, I thank you for um, just what you brought me through today, Lord. Like, allowing me to, to walk in this repentance, Lord. That it doesn't just happen um, at the point of, of surrendering my life. Like, it's, it's for the rest of my life that I'm going to have to walk out repentance. That I'm going to have to confess. That I'm going to have to let go and crucify some of my flesh, Lord. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the gift. Just like we talked about last week. I thank you for exposing that sin inside of my heart. I thank you for bringing it to my eyes that I may may see it for what it is. And allow light to penetrate in those dark places. Just why Jesus came. Jesus is still doing that. Day after day. Heart after heart. He is still exposing those dark places. So Jesus we praise you. We thank you for all that you do in our hearts. Thank you that you are a God that is active and alive today. That you move mountains in our lives. That you heal wounds that that never want to heal, Lord. Because that's how good you are. You came to save the lost. You came to heal the sick. Lord, I am so sick. I am so weak. Lord, may we, may we come to this place in our lives where that's all, we, that's all we proclaim is how much we need Jesus every single day. That I, I just, I want to be flat on my face not being able to walk because then Jesus can carry me. I just want Jesus to carry every single one of these ladies here. I want them to experience the freedom and, and the, the chains broken. I want them to experience new life, new identity, to be not known by their past or their, or their addiction or, or their stumbling block. I pray, Lord, that you continue to knock on every single heart that hasn't opened the door to you. I pray, Lord, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to just consume their heart and their mind and that you would keep the enemy away, that you would bind the enemy, you would gag him, and you would throw him out. I pray against any oppression, any, um, any, any possession that is going on here. I pray, Lord, that you would just, uh, just overflow your presence in this place, that they get so mad that they leave. They can't stand it in here because King Jesus lives here. Yahweh lives here. The great I am. We thank you. We thank you for the work that is being done this very moment because you work. You do. You are not a silent God. You are not a still uh, God that doesn't just sit around. No, you are, you are present. You are our help in times of need. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you for all that you have done and that you will continue to do. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.